Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Racism. Xenophobia. White supremacy. Healthcare protections hanging by a thread. Law enforcement encouraged to commit acts of brutality. Peaceful people being separated from their families. And at the helm, a man beholden to Russia who is so unhinged that his actions could actually lead us to nuclear war. Join Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Together we must stand against the destruction of this country and the ideals we hold dear. Before it's too late. Dan Zimmerman coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is area code 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Go to the show page, the episode page, mind you, and you can uh, leave your questions, comments, concerns there. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always uh, leave your comments on the show thread at liberaldan.com. Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan or at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. So this week we have a bunch of stuff going on. We had uh, some technical difficulties yesterday, but I was able to still go ahead and produce one of my episodes of the minicast that's on the Anchor app. I encourage you to download that and follow and subscribe me there. It's a slightly different bit of a platform. There's no phone call. I think most of my listens here are done via listening after the podcast anyway, but there is the opportunity to call in. I have call-in guests. So the uh, on the minicast, you could leave me a message, and I'll respond to your messages uh, in kind. You could also support uh, Liberland Radio over there. Uh, they have a, a funding mechanism where you could be a, become a patron. Uh, I'm also tempting about thinking about making a Patreon as well, just to kind of help push the show along, help fund it a little better, get some more stuff. Uh, to make the show the best that it can be, especially with the uh, primaries coming up, this being an election year. Uh, I want to be able to put lots of focus on the important things that matter. Um, so we had a lot of things. You got the primaries. You got Super Tuesday coming up. There was the debate on Tuesday, which is Mardi Gras Day. Uh, you've got the uh, South Carolina primaries. You got the uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. That's... Uh, threatening lots of places, um, lots, lots of different stuff. And some of the stuff I did talk about on the minicast, I'll bring back up again. Um, but one of the interesting, the interesting things that was brought up, and I guess I'll bring this up first with the coronavirus, COVID-19, or whatever you want to call it, is that yesterday was Ash Wednesday. And while there are not a lot of cases here, I don't think there's any in Louisiana, there's not a lot of cases in, in the United States at the moment. Um, you have a lot of cases in Italy. And Italy, obviously, is very Catholic, home of 
you know, Rome with the Vatican. And you have scenarios. You have you have everything that have every time on Wednesday you have the ashes that go on the forehead. So there's a lot of people touching other people. Lots of people in close tight spaces, breathing, coughing, sneezing, achy heads, stuffy head fever, so you can rest. Medicine. Anyway, um, so you have all those people, and there's an outbreak going on in Italy, in northern Italy. And you had a situation yesterday or today where the Pope couldn't come out today because he was feeling sick. And he started. And, and yesterday, he gave a sermon. He did all the Ash Wednesday stuff. He went to a town. He was kissing everyone's forehead. He was, he was, you know. I, I think he did tell people to not kiss the ring out of fear of spreading communicable diseases. But still, lots of people, closed spaces. If you if this stuff travels through the air, you know, like a virus, it's very possible that it could help spread the disease. And one of one of the people on Twitter. I don't follow her. She doesn't follow me. However, she responded to one of my um, posts. I had tweeted about Ash Wednesday being the start of Lent and that if uh, since Donald Trump has put so much of the country into debt, has increased the deficit and has expanded the national debt so much that perhaps we should change the name from Lent to Borrowed. And she was like, well, maybe we need to change the name from Ash Wednesday to coronavirus spreading day. And again, she, she didn't appear to be somebody who was very pro Catholicism. She looked like she was one of those Christian folks who, who don't like Catholics and never under, quite understood the idea of the people who don't consider Catholics to be Christians. It, it's a weird thing. You see it sometimes down here in Louisiana, I being from Baltimore, Baltimore is also a very Catholic city, but I was also raised uh, in a Jewish household, so I didn't have that much exposure to Catholicism. Knew some people that were Catholic, and I, I just didn't know a bunch of the customs and the cultures, Catholicism versus Protestantism. I knew there's obviously differences, but I didn't know that you had such people who were like, well, you know, both people, both sects believe in Jesus Christ but yet one is going to say that the other one is not Christian. It doesn't make sense to me. Whatever. But anyway, so she, she seems like this person who was on Twitter seemed to potentially be one of those folks who Christian, but anti-Catholic. And I didn't necessarily want to feed into the anti-Catholicism of it. And so I really needed to sit back and think about it and be like, you know, is, does this person have a point? And the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, maybe you know, the the Pope, uh, priests, uh, the, the church itself can give, I guess, special dispensation. Uh, sometimes that happens uh, with Lent. When you have uh, certain times during Lent, this, again, this is the Lenten season between now and Good Friday. And sometimes uh, they will give, now, I, I don't understand potentially what, and if you heard those kids screaming back there, I apologize for that. They're being very loud. Um, but if you, in, in Louisiana, or, 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 you know, there's, again, a lot of Catholic people here, and a lot of Catholic people back in Baltimore, too. And you're supposed to give up. You used to be you weren't supposed to be able to eat meat at all during Lent. But they changed it to where it's just Fridays. 
Fridays, you're not supposed to eat meat. You're, you're only supposed to eat seafood and as if this is some sort of penance or something that you're giving up. I mean, but they'll, they have fish fries every Friday all over New Orleans. They ha- I'm sure they do things uh, seafood-wise with crabs or whatever up in Baltimore as well. But, you know, seafood, crawfish boils, fish fries, all this food that's delicious. What are you giving up? You're not, you're not giving up anything if you're getting to enjoy a delicious fish fry. I mean, it doesn't seem to be that you're actually sacrificing anything, which seems to be the whole point of the issue. But again, sometimes, I forget the exact situations or that, where it happened the last time, but the church will come out and say, you know what, we will give special dispensation. You can do X this Lent or whatever on this day because of something else that's going on, we, we will allow it. And that's just local priests or the local archbishop maybe making that determination, not just the Pope. To me, if, if you're the Pope, you could probably give special dispensation and say, you know what, because of the coronavirus, we are going to hold off on this uh, ritual, this rite, the R-I-T-E rite uh, of you know getting the ashes on the forehead. And we're going to just hold off on that while – we deal with the coronavirus because you don't want to get sick. So, you know, despite my concerns that this user was being anti-Catholic and just being bigoted when it comes to that sort of thing, at the end of the day, I was like, she makes a, a decent point. Maybe the church should have said, you know what? No, uh, no ashes today. Let's, 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 Let's be safe, or at least maybe no ashes in Italy, where you have an outbreak going on. Potential to be, you know, do, do something with a little common sense. But who knows? But then, of course, common sense with this Corbin virus. Well, you have the situation of of Trump closing or letting go certain people, and and and, and just the government allowing it to happen. Um, but again, Donald Trump's the head. He gets the blame. The buck stops there, supposedly, or it's at least it's supposed to. And he put Pence, Pence in charge of everything. This is now. I haven't done this in a while, but we have a tweet of the week. Uh, Tony Posnanski. I hope I didn't butcher your name too badly. But Tony Posnanski on Twitter, at Tony Posnanski, T-O-N-Y-P-O-S-N-A-N-S-K-I, he says, putting Mike Pence in charge of the coronavirus is like having Casey Anthony watch your kids. That is brilliant. Well done. Tweet of the week. Maybe I'll have some more. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to bring Tweet of the Week back. I'm sure that during the election season, there will be tons of potential uh, tweets to be nominated as Tweet of the Week. And maybe I'll let you submit them as, as listeners. If you want to submit a Tweet of the Week, please go ahead and submit them to me, and I will, I will check them out. Um, but another thing that's interesting is that uh, we have um, – I was listening to the uh, – radio show and they had a caller was calling in about um, about the coronavirus, about COVID-19 and being the conservative show that is 
you know, I'm sure we, we, I got myself a nice one here, a good, a good doozy. And here's the interesting thing. This is going to be the, probably the longest uh, words of redneck wisdom that I've ever produced simply because of the fact that normally I take the audio and, and chop the audio down to what I really just want to include. And then I have to cut the, the Mozart down to, to be, you know, to fit. So you can have my intro, you have, you have the song intro, you have my intro, you have the words of redneck wisdom, then you have the end. And then it kind of just slowly fades out at that point. Well, that didn't happen with this one. I had to actually reduce the words that they were saying because it was, this goes about four minutes. So it's almost the point where it's almost a commercial break. But here we go. Without further ado, this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom. And now, this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Hey, I'll say it really quick. I mean, you know my stance on vaccines. Um, how they've been co-opted since when we were kids, really since 1989, <clears throat> the MMR vaccine, 3-in-1, uh, now has formaldehyde, thimerosal, aborted fetal tissue, Jeff. Again, that could obviously explain why you're seeing so much um, transsexual behavior, homosexuality. Um, I mean, I, I, I really am, I'm, I think it's, it's happening on a cellular level, because if you're injecting aborted fetal tissue from, say, a boy from Planned Parenthood into a newborn girl, it is going to confuse the DNA. And the reason why I bring all that up is, you know, everybody's expecting or hoping for some salvation from a vaccine with this coronavirus. And we know if you've ever read the book Dr. Mary's Monkey and Tulane, a TIA outfit, I mean, Tulane is just a total, with that facility they have across the lake, Jeff, the Primate Center, and uh, anybody who's read that book knows that they, you know, use these tactics to implement certain agendas here with uh, biological warfare. And this coronavirus, whether it's real or not, I'm more scared of the vaccine than I am of the, the coronavirus media scare, personally. Um, and I just want to get your take on that and hopefully the listeners so will you, call uh, So let's say, uh, Mark from Gretna, you're, you're, you hear from our administration saying, oh, we've got the vaccine for the coronavirus. You're going to be saying thanks, but no thanks, right? 100%. I mean, because I just, I, I, you know, for various reasons, uh, you know, flu shots, the vaccines, the push they're putting on these kids with the MMR and the, now the HPV vaccine, like these kids are going to get hepatitis at the age of what, like they're sexually active or they're using needles in a back alley. Uh, it's crazy. And people aren't looking at what's going into their body. I mean, it's just, it, it's sad, Jeff, because I'm, I'm see on both sides of the aisle, 300 pound people are worried about the coronavirus. You see the irony there? They're 300 pounds. Okay, there's no political solution to that. You gotta stop eating bad food. You're gonna die soon. Coronavirus is no threat to a person who's about to die from morbid obesity. You know, same thing here with all this hepatitis and the flu and all that, and corona. To me, it's all scare tactics, and people are getting sick. Now, one last thing. What if, like your guest Raphael O'Neill sometimes says, they're going to implement or activate 5G at the same time with the coronavirus scare and blame all the effects of 5G, which we don't know the full effects. Anybody who's researched 5G knows there is no research. We don't know what effect it's going to have on humanity. 
We see the towers everywhere. Now they're going block to block. When they activate that, Jeff, what if they just parlay the effects of that on coronavirus and people get scared into the vaccines? I don't trust the vaccines. I don't trust the big pharma vaccine industry. And I think that this is a big scare because Bill Gates has his United Nations, uh, you know, New World Order vaccine ready to go. I don't trust that guy. Because Jeff, listen. I don't. But, but let me say this, uh, and, and one Go thing ahead. I think we got to focus on: I don't trust China. I don't trust that China didn't purposely release this uh, to cause worldwide chaos and to cause chaos to economic uh, conditions all over the world, including the U.S. You have just heard more words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. And there you go. You got the whole Mozart along with the words of redneck wisdom. And let's let's go over this piece by piece, shall we? All right. So first of all, vaccines have aborted fetal tissue in them. That's not true. There's no aborted fetal tissue in a shot, in a vaccine shot. Now, they do use stem cells to do some testing and stuff like that, but you're not getting like, they're not like, ooh, let's, let's draw some of these, let's go down to Planned Parenthood and withdraw some aborted fetal cells and then put them into the injection and, oh, there you go. Now you're being injected with aborted fetal tissue. No, but the fact that now he's saying that aborted fetal tissue is going to explain transsexual behavior at a genetic level. So apparently if you inject boy DNA from a from a male fetus or whatever into uh, female DNA or whatever. If, if, if the DNA has, is XX, then you put that DNA into an XY, that girl that's born is somehow going to turn into a trans male. It's not how science works. You're not South Park with the fake island of Dr. Moreau where you're trying to turn pot baby pigs into pot, pot belly pigs in a pot belly elephants. It's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. It's crazy. And then whether or not the coronavirus, whether it's real or not, why do we believe it's not real? That's crazy. Uh, he's more scared of the vaccine than he is of the virus. That's crazy. Again, but again, Living dealing with the rednecks here in Louisiana, who are gonna believe every single conspiracy conspiracy theory that they hear about big government because big government is the devil, and we're, you can't you can't take vaccine because you can't trust it because the government's trying to use to control you and turn you into a bunch of transsexuals. Uh, then he says something about giving kids the HPV vaccine. To kids and worried about that. Why? Are you gonna, what? As if kids are going to be in back alleys shooting up and getting hepatitis. It's not hepatitis. HPV is genital warts. Causes um. Ugh, what's the when you get the pap smear and and you get the, the cancer? There's the, the test for if you have an abnormal pap, you get cancer of the cervical cancer. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. HPV protects against like cervical cancer and perhaps the throat cancer that Michael Douglas got um, because or the other stars that um, were got uh, one of them got 
throat cancer and one of them got anal cancer because it was transferred from one area to the other. We know what they were doing, but it's not hepatitis. It's not hep C. It's not hep A. It's not the same thing. The idea that HPV is protecting against hepatitis. HPV vaccines do not do anything against hepatitis. But HPV. HPV is a different thing. But here's the good news. 300-pound people don't have to be worried about the coronavirus. Because uh, apparently we, have, we don't have to worry about that. We're immune because we're morbidly obese. So there you go. Big fat person. I'm a great big fat person. And uh, that's the solution. You don't want to get coronavirus? Get fat. Thank you, Mark from Gretna. That's wonderful to hear. I'm no longer going to have to worry about the coronavirus because I am a large man. And then Durant turns to 5G. 5G is going to have whatever effects it's going to have because we don't know what effects it's going to have because supposedly we haven't tested the 5G cell towers. And then they're going to blame those those effects on the coronavirus because, you know, it's the same thing. Getting a viral infection is completely the same thing as whatever these 5G towers are supposedly going to do. But again, they're afraid. Then, of course, Jeff at the end there brings up that he doesn't trust China, that China specifically did this to cause mass hysteria. Dogs and cats living together. Really? I mean, is China really going to... I mean, I guess China would kill its own citizens, but if, if it really... I mean, maybe. I mean, we we did testing on our own citizens back in the day. We've done terrible crap as a country. I'll get to more of that in a little bit. Um, so maybe they would, but... I, you know, I guess I would... Oh, you release the plague and then you... Uh, Oh, we have the cure. That would be the. That, I think it's a bigger conspiracy theory and more probably likely to be valid conspiracy theory that a that a pharmaceutical company. Because I mean, yeah, he doesn't. This guy doesn't trust pharma, big pharma. You know, big pharma is full of crapheads. But uh, I would probably say it's a bigger conspiracy theory, not a better conspiracy theory, more well formed conspiracy theory. Not that China purposely released it to cause chaos, but that maybe a big pharmaceutical company released it to. Uh, that, oh, we're going to sell the vaccine now. And according to Donald Trump and the Trump administration today, they said that they don't think that a, a lot of Americans will be able to afford such a vaccine because such a vaccine would take private investment. And a lot of it, it would take a lot to, you know, that you don't have to, you have to recoup that investment. Uh, no. First of all, we give tax dollars to these companies to develop these vaccines. So it's that we should get the benefits of getting these vaccines, including the fact that they should be distributed to everybody at no cost. Now you want to reimburse the company for creating them? Fine. Do that. That's a proper use of tax dollars. But don't don't say that people aren't going to be able to afford to get it. That's ridiculous. And then, now the other thing, the one thing that, that he brought up, the, the primate center, of course, you know, everybody in Louisiana here is the primate center is on the north shore of Louisiana, north shore of Lake Pontchartrain, which is, you know, maybe about an hour away. Ish. I don't. I don't know exactly how long it takes to get from here to the primate center. Maybe about an hour away. Maybe a little more. Maybe a little less. But here's the thing. Like when I said, "Oh yeah, they're going to go to the primate center. They're going to go test or uh, do research on the coronavirus on the North Shore." I'm like, "Oh crap, it's a coming." But then you also have freaking Pence, Mike freaking Pence, who was governor when Indiana had a huge HIV outbreak because he thought that you could treat HIV with thoughts and prayers. 
lay hands on people. That ought to do it. That ought to help people prevent people from getting HIV. The, the, he's the type, he can't be left alone in a room with a woman because, you know, he doesn't trust himself, I guess. I don't know. But he, he rejects all sorts of science, and he's going to be the one who's going to be leading the charge against the coronavirus. We going to die. That's what's going to happen. We going to die because, you know, that's what's going to be protecting us. Stick your head between your legs and kiss your asses goodbye because it's done. We'd probably be better off with the meteor. I actually had a dream that we had a meteor coming to hit us too. I think it hit near Australia or something. And somehow the the earth didn't shake much when it did hit in my dream, but my dreams are weird. So who knows? I'm surprised I actually remembered it this time. I actually had a dream the other day where uh, I was, it was, it was a very interesting type of dream. And I, and, and I was so aware of what was going on in the dream at the time that I said to myself, I knew that I was in a dream. And I was like, I need to remember this when I wake up. So anywhere I could write it down and make it into a short story. Do I remember everything that happened? Do I remember most of the dream? No, I remember that. I remember telling myself to remember it, but I don't remember actually what, what the dream involved, except for the fact that there were homing bombs that were trying to get me or something like that. Anyway, uh, I swear I didn't have any drugs before bed. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our next commercial break or the first commercial break. Um, you can call the show again, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, all right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? 
Are you currently a rideshare driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. Greetings. This is Nimbus Yosh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not-so-fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear, and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tunes. Welcome back to Liberdane Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join in the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. It's 914-803-4131. I'm just responding to a proud resistor on Twitter. Um, I like his account. I like, I, like, I like a lot of things that he says, but I think he's getting overzealous with certain things. I, I, I had a a discussion today on Twitter where, where again, something else that Proud Resistor brought up uh, was talking about uh, superdelegates, and I was like, you know, Bernie Sanders absolutely did request that the superdelegates in 2016 go against the popular vote and instead choose him because he felt that he was the more electable candidate versus Trump. And that's what, he, and, and one of the other, his, one of his other, uh, uh, one of the other people who was involved in the discussion was like, he did not. And I was like, absolutely did. And I was like, show me proof. And I did. I went to YouTube. I found a video, but clearly showing several times Bernie Sanders saying, look, the, pro- the super delegates, delegates have a job to do. And that job is to make sure that the person who wins the president, the democratic primary is the one who's most capable of defeating Donald Trump or the GOP candidate." Um, and the person was like, no, that's not true. And, and, but to this person's credit, they responded back. They gave me an apology. They, they retracted their comment against the saying about how I was wrong. And then also said that he appreciated the fact that I, that when he demanded receipts, that I came with receipts and that's what I do. I come with receipts. If you want me to, if, I'm not going to make a claim that I don't believe I can back up. Now there have been times like there's one video that I can't find, which is of Bernie Sanders uh, specifically saying that he wasn't going to the Southern states to campaign because the Southern states are conservative. I found articles that reported him saying that, but I can't find the video for it. So I don't have the best receipts for that argument, but if I'm going to make a statement, I'm coming with receipts. If you, especially if you ask a lot of times I'll give them ahead of time, but you know, I was using voice to text at the time, so I couldn't really do much, uh, actual searching for proof, um, you know, or uh, proactively providing the proof. But again, I was willing to do so. Um, But again, he's saying superdelegates are undemocratic. This is what Ryan Knight, proud resistor, is saying. 
Superdelegates are undemocratic. Superdelegates are undemocratic. Yeah, superdelegates are undemocratic. I would prefer them to have them to have none. But uh, there are other things that are undemocratic that Bernie Sanders is benefiting from in this election. That is the 15% rule. Under the 15% rule. Let's actually go back to that. Because another thing is that Ryan Knight, Prime Resistor, said the GOP doesn't even have superdelegates. Meh. They don't have superdelegates, but they do have uncommitted delegates, people who are not required to vote for the particular nominee and can vote for pretty much whoever they wish. How does that work? So, well, they also have a 15% rule. And so if one candidate in the state gets uh, 20% of the pledged delegates in a state, uh, the rest go uncommitted, and those can be party officials or whatever, and they're uncommitted delegates. So, like, if, if, if one – let's say let's – say Joe Biden gets 20%, he should get more, of the South Carolina primary, uh, of, of statewide and each in each, each, each additional district, each congressional district. If Joe Biden gets 20% and he's the only one to get 20% and everybody else gets less, I don't know if that math works out with the number of candidates that are there. I think it does. Everybody else would have to split 80 in such a way so that nobody gets 15 if that's the case, then Joe Biden would get 100% of the pledged delegates from South Carolina. There are still unpledged delegates. There are still the superdelegates or the automatic delegates, if you will, as they're officially called. Uh, but Joe Biden would get 100% of the pledged delegates. Now, in the Republican primary, taking Louisiana for a, for a second, say the same thing happened. One candidate got 20% of all of the statewide votes and the congressional district votes. And no other candidate got higher than 15%. Well, guess what happens? That candidate gets 20% of the pledged delegates. The rest of the delegates become uncommitted and can, again, support support whoever they wish. That's not going to happen this year because this year Donald Trump's going to be winning all the primaries by 90-something percent. So he'll have 90-something percent of the delegates and have more than enough delegates in the Republican primary to win win on the first ballot and and, and, then because the Republicans don't have enough integrity to challenge. I think the only person who's left challenging him is Bill Weld, who ran for the, under the Libertarian banner last time. So it is what it is. But so, so Bernie is benefiting from the 15% rule. Because again, let's say I think somebody was talking about California. And I think the, the most recent polling has Bernie at about 30% in California statewide. And has, I think, um, Biden and Warren at about 13-ish percent, with 22 percent unaccounted for, undecided. Now, somebody on one Facebook group that I was a part of is basically saying, well, that's the case, and Bernie's going to get all 400-something delegates. Well, that's not true, because you don't know how those 22 are going to vote. They're not going to just not show up. And if they don't show up, then those 22 percent, that 30 percent becomes 30 of 80 and the 13% becomes 13 of 80, which is then more than 15%, which means you've made more than 50%. So, but so if they fall on the same, if, if, if they were to happen to fall on the same levels as, you know, okay, well, there's 20, 20%, 22% people who don't know who they're voting for. Let's say 30% of that 22% goes to Bernie. Let's say 13% of that 22% go each to Biden and Warren. So, Let's say they both get up to 15%. And let's say Bernie gets to, I don't know, was it 
30% of 30% would be uh, 40% would be 40, 15, and 15. So let's just say it was 45, 15, and 15. So that's uh, five. So Bernie would get six. So getting by getting 45% of the vote, Bernie Sanders would get 60% of the pledged delegates. And by getting 15% of the vote, each Warren and Biden would get 20% of the pledged delegates, which again is undemocratic because you're not getting one person to vote. You know, in, in Nevada, Warren got what, 10%? In South Carolina, she's polling what, 10%? If, if Warren gets 10% of the vote, the democratic thing to do would be to say, well, she gets 10% of the delegates. Of course, you got a round. You can't necessarily have half delegates. Or you just say, look, here are the totals. This is how many people are getting. You add up all of their delegate equivalents or whatever, and, and you say, okay, this is their overall vote, and this is, this is who's in first, this is who's in second. But the thing is, you can't then have an instant runoff. It's very hard to have that. That's why you have the delegates to, to make this next choices in the next round. So, and one of the things is that, I mean, I don't even understand the entirety of the process as it stands at the moment. I don't even understand it that well, but I understand it, I think, better than a lot of the people who are trying to complain about it. Because as I said before, if Bernie Sanders' campaign and his supporters would spend more time understanding the rules and playing within the rules instead of complaining about the rules, he'd probably win. Outright, first ballot. Done. You don't need, there's no, superdelegates don't get a vote in the first ballot. So if you get enough delegates to win in the first ballot, guess what? You're going to win. But if you don't, guess what else you need to do? You need to listen to Liberal Day and Radio, talk from the left, that's right. You need to follow at Liberal Day and Radio on Twitter, because I'm telling these people exactly how to win the Democratic nomination in a brokered convention as well. And again, that is, you go and you not only make sure that your delegates are secure, that the people who get elected to be your delegates are tested and true and are your supporters. And then you go and you put more of your supporters to be the other candidates, pledge delegates, so that if you anticipate a broker convention, let's say I was a Bernie, so I haven't endorsed anybody yet in this election. Louisiana's campaign, Louisiana's primary is much later than everybody else's, well past Super Tuesday. So who knows who's going to be left in the election by the time it gets around to uh, by the time it gets around to Louisiana. So it doesn't, doesn't make sense for me to be like, yeah, I'm for this person. Now, come on, the truth as to who, which candidate likely matches me and my beliefs, the closest, it's probably Warren. Elizabeth Warren, when I take these polls, I take posts, these tests that they have, and some of them are going to be slanted, sure, and they're not necessarily perfect, but it always comes up Warren, number one. Other people might fall number two, number three. It always comes back to Warren number one. So it's very possible that if it comes around, maybe I like Warren. Maybe, maybe something will change my mind by then, though. It's a lot of time between now and the Louisiana primary, and I could change my mind by then, too. So guess what? I'm not going to necessarily come down and say I'm going to support this. But let's say I was a Warren supporter. Now let's say I go to the convention. Let's say I could run as a Warren delegate. I could go to the convention and cast my vote, the first vote for Warren, and then I could be like, you know what, I want to cast my second vote for Warren, two and third. And I could insist on voting for Warren the entire time until a candidate wins. Or, as a Warren supporter, if I was a Warren supporter, 
I could go as a Biden Democrat, Biden delegate. And then in the next round, be like, okay, well, now I'm not going to vote for Biden anymore. I'm going to vote for who I'm free to vote for. That's how it works. That's what they need to be doing. They need to be playing smart, not one, not whinging. Would learn a word I learned from Game of Thrones: whinging. Your lips are moving and you're complaining. It means you're whinging about something. They're whinging about superdelegates instead of playing to win. Just like the, the, the basketball analogy again. If I am playing a game of basketball with you and you score 10 baskets and I score seven baskets, you say, I won, I won, I won the game, but you shot layups and I shot three pointers. So you only scored 20 points and I scored 21 points. So it doesn't matter that I scored less baskets. I got more points. So therefore I win. Don't complain about the fact that I scored more, that I was, you should have taken threes. You should have been taking more threes. Or should have been defending my threes. Done some other thing to make sure that you got at least two more points than me. Maybe you should have made 11 baskets. Then you would have won. But I got the 21 first because I got seven threes. Same thing here. Don't complain about the rules of the game that you're playing. Play the game with the rules as they're written. Then maybe afterwards try to get some errata done to use some nerd speak. So, but, but... You know, for the complaining, for the for the criticism, and I guess complaining that I do about Bernie's and supporters and the whining that goes on, there's still, I mean, look, there's there's unfair things that happen with Bernie. One of which brought up was this whole thing about whether or not he was supporting Castro by being supportive of the fact that Cuba, I'm saying something good about Cuba's healthcare system, and. That's what has spawned this week's Hypocrite of the Week. This week's Hypocrites of the Week are people who criticize Bernie Sanders for stating that Cuba has a good healthcare system and trying to claim that he was somehow praising Fidel Castro while praising our founding fathers for creating this country off the backs of slavery and debating whether or not slaves should be a full person or not and then compromising on three-fifths. To see who next week's Hypocrites of the Week will be, tune into Liberal Dane Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Now, here's my point with that. Uh, and I did tweet about this as well. I had a thread of tweets going on. Um, now, Bernie Sanders' campaign, again, instead of complaining that people are attacking him uh, by his criticizing, by giving kudos to Cuba for providing universal health care, uh, to the people, maybe they need to consider why they're getting the reaction that they're getting. Maybe get better wordsmithing. If Bernie Sanders would have instead said, if a cruel authoritarian regime can provide universal health care to its people, we should be able to do it. We should be able to do it better. And we should be able to do it without total author- authoritarian or any sort of authoritarianism. Um, just bumbling over that word, but whatever you get to the point then he wouldn't be able to be attacked because he wouldn't be seen as coming to the defense or supporting Fidel Castro or uh, the authoritarian regime. Then they would just be, he would just be seen as only saying, look, universal healthcare, they got it accomplished and they're this piece of crap. We're much better than them. We should be able to do it too. And that's the way that you should do it. That's the way that you could have said it. 
But, and here's my big fat butt that's going to protect me from the coronavirus, according to Mark from Gretna. How many people, again, are criticizing Bernie Sanders for saying a good thing about Cuba, Cuba and thinking that he's now supporting the authoritarian regime? I cannot say that word right. I'm just, I didn't have anything to drink today either. Uh, how many of those people then turned around and have said, oh, the founding fathers are so great. Now, they created such a – the Constitution they created is wonderful. But yet, does that mean that they've been, that you're now endorsing every single thing that the Founding Fathers have done? I don't think so. Because then – you know, but if, if you use your logic, then if, if saying that Cuba's healthcare system is something that maybe we should look at, you're, if that means that you're supporting Fidel Castro, that means that you're now saying that by saying that the Founding Fathers did something good – you support everything that the Founding Fathers did, including the whole three-fifths compromise, which – so basically, you know, you're trying to argue whether or not you should get a representation for the bodies in your state. And the, the Southern people, most hypocritically, were saying that, oh, these slaves should be counted as whole persons because they are whole people, and they – we should be getting congressional representation based off of these whole people. And then the the northerners are like, no, 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 no. These you not they're, they're slaves. They shouldn't count for people at all. So which one of those people are better? Neither of them. They all suck. Because one of them's trying to say that black people or slaves are not people. The other ones are are saying, well, they should be counted as people for the purposes of of us getting more representation in Congress, but not for anything else. And we're still going to keep them as slaves. All of them are pieces of crap. Just be like saying, oh, well, not FDR. But somebody should have said Bernie Sanders shouldn't call himself a democratic socialist. Bernie Sanders should call himself a, a FDR Democrat. Does that mean that then if he says, well, I'm an FDR Democrat, then these same idiots will then say, oh, well, that means he supports internment camps because FDR supported internment camps. Oh, well, there you go. And then what else? What else? Oh, you, know, you say something good about, you know, I don't know who's in charge of the Tuskegee experiments. But again, our country has done terrible things like, you know, you, like the Tuskegee experiments, putting in syphilis into black men, seeing how that worked out. Terrible things in the history of this country. And just because you support something that was good, that was done by an individual, doesn't mean that you're supporting that whole individual. Just because you defend even if you defend an individual, I mean, I, I, it's the policy of Liberal Day and Radio to be honest and have integrity and to try and look at things in an honest way. So when the New York Times in the 2012 election attacked Rick Santorum or, or approached Rick Santorum and said, is it true that you believe that Mitt Romney is the worst Republican? And Rick Santorum was just baffled because that's not what he said. Rick, what Rick Santorum actually said was, there's that word, uh, he he said that when it comes to electing somebody to run against Barack Obama, that Mitt Romney would be the worst Republican to do so. Why? Because Mitt Romney did Romney care in Massachusetts. He basically created the program that Obama, in Massachusetts that Obamacare was, was drafted after. So if you're trying to repeal and replace Obamacare, the last person you want as the Republican nominee is the guy that supported 
implementing the same system in his state when he was governor. And he was absolutely right. Now, does this mean I'm now def- supporting Rick Santorum and all of his beliefs? No, but I don't believe that Rick Santorum should be, have been attacked in that way. That doesn't make me a bad person. And it just makes me somebody who believes that people should approach the issues with integrity. And even if you disagree vehemently, you could do so honestly. You don't have to lie. So again, before you criticize Bernie Sanders for not being a perfect wordsmith, you should maybe consider whether or not you have praised actions or the programs that were created by people with not-so-perfect histories or with problematic histories as well. And that's my point on that. So, so what's going on? So we didn't get to talk much about this. I didn't watch some of the South Carolina primaries. I have a weird system on my TV where I have DirecTV now, or now it's AT&T now, or whatever it is called. And I don't, like sometimes I can start a program late and then it, it'll rest, and I can say, hey, restart this program and it'll restart the program from the beginning and I can watch it the entirety. But for some reason, I could not do that with the debate. So I had to come in at the end. Now, there was, everyone try to say that, you know, name something that you, uh, name something uh, that's a misconception about you and give him your slogan. And Biden gave a slogan first. And then when I asked him about his misconception, he was like, I actually have more hair than I think I do or something like that. And I, I usually don't snort when I laugh, but I snorted when I laughed. I mean, it's funny. He, I went to Biden's thing when he did his book tour and I went to the Sanger theater and wound up getting really amazing seats. And it was just, it was so good. And like I came out of there and I was like, I want him to be our president. He's had some gaffes, and you know, I still have not come forward and said I want Biden. But back after leaving that, I was like, man, I would really like to having a President Biden compared having a President Buttigieg or Klobuchar, Steyer, uh, Sanders, Warren, having all of any of those people be president would be obviously be a super upgrade from what the current trash and filth that we have in the Oval Office at the moment. But, you know, again, I'm not coming forward to saying anything about it, but uh, Warren, they asked, they asked Sanders and Bloomberg about Israel and what should be done um, because of, you know, Sanders is criticizing of, a, of IPAC, American-Israeli PAC. I'm like, you know, that PAC is, is a little bit conservative. And, you know, I think Sanders was right. You know, you know, I've, I've said before, the problem over there is conservatism. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu is a conservative. Hamas, are there conservatives? They're the religious conservatives. We're created to push every Jew into the sea. Conservatives from America trying to egg Israel on and do these things that are terrible. Yeah, you, Israel needs to be reined in. They need to pull back the settlements and there needs to be... Um, but Warren, the non-Jew, had the best answer of the three of them. Because they said, you know, what should they be with? You know, do I believe personally that you can solve the problem with a one-state solution? I don't think so. I think it's probably going to be a two-state solution if you solve the problem. But Warren, as she said it, as she said it best, they need to determine that situation. They need to determine what their capitals are going to be. They need to determine what's going on. Now, of course, we can help them along. We can, we can be the, that, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, to help them find their way, hopefully not kill each other in the process using that light at the end of the tunnel, but being the good light at the end of the tunnel. 
Um, so yeah, so I've already let's see what I thought. Super Tuesday around the corner candidates. So again, I think like Biden is slated to win South Carolina, but other people are catching up. Between Steyer and Bloomberg spending, I think that has something that's taken caused Biden to take a hit in South Carolina, but I think he'll win. I think he'll have a strong win. I don't know how much by how much a win, but he'll win, and then he needs to win. Then Super Tuesday comes along, and we'll of course be having a show about Super Tuesday next week. Talk about all the results, assuming that results come in, because you know, I mean, I think I think they're all primaries on Super Tuesday. I could be wrong, but. So hopefully the primaries will come in much more quickly, although I think there was a – I think we woke up the next day and didn't necessarily see who was winning the ultimate results when it came to that. But, you, again, you have these weird, silly rules where it's just, it's just not, oh, here's Louisiana's votes. You get 30% of the vote in Louisiana. You're going to get 30% of the delegates. No. You get 30% of the vote of Louisiana, which is not on Super Tuesday. You get 30% of the statewide ballot, statewide delegates. And then you have to go down to the district level to get more delegates. And it's all convoluted and silly. Again, it's not democratic. Just like a lot of other things. But how do you do a purely democratic election with multiple day primaries? Are you really going to, are the states that go first really going to be like, you know, I'll give that up. I'll give up my importance in the process. It's highly unlikely that they're going to want to give that up or let you down or run around and desert you. Make you cry, say goodbye, tell you a lie and hurt you. Sorry about that. Um, so, oh, I forgot. I so forgot that I was going to bring up a Donald Trump named uh, Mike Pence to be the head of the research or the head of the, the planning to protect us against the coronavirus, COVID-19. I was going to say... He chose poorly. Yes, he, yes, he did. Um... So about the end of the show. So let's just no need to dilly dally for five more minutes. I can just go ahead and end the show now. I did about ten minutes extra last time. So let's just go ahead and we will end this week's Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. Again, we'll be back next week on Wednesday, regular time, eight p.m. Central, to discuss Super Tuesday. Until then, you can follow me at liberalday.com, facebook.com/liberaldan, or at liberaldan radio on Twitter. Until next Wednesday, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. <laughs>